Okay, welcome back to Everyday Banter, the show that doesn't shut up. This week we get into an injury report with the NFL and NBA, discuss the NBA opening night, give you a pick six with three games from the NCAA and three games from the NFL, including why we both fucking hate Notre Dame. Then we go into a nice little rapid fire where we disgrace a Canadian great and end it off with Nerd of the Week. This week we're both together, but in the future it looks like Alex might be taking a trip to Puerto Rico and being gone for four weeks, so look for some special guests to come on the podcast with me in the future. Let's get this week started, and let's go for episode 10. It's an ambulance because we're going to start shit off with a goddamn injury report. Who's hurt this week? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, too many fucking all-stars, which makes the NFL slightly more boring. The top fucking wide receiver, Odell Beckham, who I don't really care for, but he is so fun to watch and, like, it's, like, so fun to talk about because he does so much dumb shit, like go on a boat in the, one of those playoff games that he While played wearing in. Tim's. While wearing Tim's. He wore Tim's on that boat. And then we have one of the most prominent stars, J.J. Watt, getting injured, probably being out for the season. And then my quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, being out for the season with a broken collarbone. Rest in peace and peace, Packers season. I hope we tank worse than the Bears and get a better draft pick. Fuck. That means the Bears could possibly come back and win the NFC North with a 7-9 and record, and that would piss me off. Um but I actually saw a very hot take that the Bears could go nine and seven, squeeze into the playoffs. I, I think they could squeeze the into the playoffs North at seven so and nine. But yeah, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. The NFC North obvious, is a mess now. <laughs> yeah, worst division of football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, obvious Hall of Famer. J.J. Watt, he could actually retire right now and probably have a Hall of Fame bid. Uh, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. Guys, really. would need obviously like five to ten more years of continued excellence to become a Hall of Famer because the NFL hates wide receivers, apparently. For some reason, T.O. is in a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's got the second most yards in the history of the fucking league. I don't want to talk about that. The NFL Hall of Fame pisses me off. But we are talking about them being injured. Aaron Rodgers breaking his other collarbone this year, out likely for the rest of the year, which ruined both of our fantasy teams because everyone cares about that. But, you know, this brings up a really good point. Are sports ruining sports? And I mean that isn't the the sports are getting so competitive and at such a high level and becoming so dangerous that they're ruining the sports themselves by knocking their own players out. I think that it's just become so competitive. As you look at this year in the NFL, there really isn't a big dominant team that we've had in the past. Like last year, we knew the Patriots were going to the Super Bowl the whole way. And every year before that, we had that really good like 14 and 2 team, 15 and 1 and that sort of thing, to where there was just like this really good team you knew coming in. But this year, you look at it, there's not really a big dominant team out there. I mean, the Chiefs started off, uh, what, 5-1 and one now, and then they lost their first game, making them look vulnerable for the first time all season. And then you have the Patriots, who have a 
horrible defense. You got the Eagles, who are just a young team, and you don't know if they're the real deal or not. And then now you have the Packers just ruining their chance of being good this year and losing their their star player. Yeah, I think I want a Patriot Eagles Super Bowl. Mm, different than probably what I predicted earlier this season, but that's what I'm going with now because Carson Wentz is cool. And yeah, there are just so many injuries. J.J. Watt is out again, going to miss another 10 game, 11 whatever games. And it's just sad because these players are such amazing athletes and are being paid such large amounts of money that we really want to see them out there every day. And it is ruining sports a little bit with all the injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's not even sticking just to NFL. Last night we had our first NBA game, and we saw what happened to Gordon Hayward. And Gordon I'm Hayward. Sure Draymond, I'm pretty sure uh, Draymond Green got injured too. Yeah, Draymond uh, sprained his left knee and was out for the fourth quarter, which a lot of people will say is the reason they lost, but it doesn't matter because it's fucking one regular season game, and these guys are looking towards June. Yeah, but so we had Gordon the Hayward's injury, injury. The injury bug's around right now, so... I mean, yeah. if you're LeBron James or any prominent star in the NBA, I'd look out to see if you got injured. And who knows, the NFL might not be done with all these injuries going on. It's just kind of sad to see all these like really big players that all these kids look up to for the future of the sport to be injured. And I hope it stops because we want to see the best of every team out there every day. Yeah, I completely agree. Everyone out there probably already saw the Gordon Hayward injury if you haven't go google that now because this is a podcast and not a video so i can't show you the injury but it it was bad and you know remind me of the paul george one from a couple years ago so i'm yeah you know really hoping hayward can come back i really wanted the celtics to be competing but now i think they're dropping from possibly in a one or two seed to being like the five i mean Kyrie's going to do as much as he can. Those young guys are looking really fucking good, but they're not going to be the same team they were. They're losing 20 points a game from Gordon Hayward. Someone's going to have to pick that up, and it's not going to be the same. But, you know, that brings me into what happened on NBA opening night. We got the Warriors losing to the Rockets because Kevin Durant couldn't shoot quick enough, and we got the Celtics losing to the Cavs because Kyrie couldn't hit that three. And it was really exciting. Those were basically what we had anticipated at the beginning of the season to be the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. And if they are, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be disappointed at all. The NBA is going to be so much fun this year. And I think all of those old white dudes out there who are saying the NBA sucks because people don't play defense are really going to be wrong when we're out here fucking watching amazing, exciting games every night, every day of the week. And you're having to watch the Bears lose every Sunday. Uh, Adam Silver really drew this one up really well for the opening night, Uh, having uh, the last shot come down to Kyrie Irving, which is what everybody probably would have predicted who would have wrote the script this way. So congrats to Adam Silver on writing this script how any other person would. And then you actually have the Rockets upsetting the Warriors. I think that's a tease. I think it's a tease. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, something that the the Rockets won't be able to hold in a seven-game series, especially with uh, a big player going down, even though it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, they exciting had the Rockets, opening night. Yeah, I think they had the Rockets winning that game just so people would think the Rockets were good enough to beat Golden State in a series. It was like everyone you know knows the Rockets are better uh, than they were last year and that they're going to be competing. But I don't think anyone realistically thinks they're, they're winning a seven-game series against the Warriors. And to keep the NBA interesting, they were like, let them win game one of the uh, regular season and give them a little bit of hope, you know, bring some fans in. The NBA is that brings us to That brings us to a question. Do you think that the the Celtics could have beaten the Cavs if 
Gordon Hayward didn't get injured coming down to the last shot. Yeah, I think they could Both have. I think they're a good team. Really. I mean, I think both teams would have been trying and putting a little bit more effort if Hayward was in there and it was, you know, getting real competitive like I thought it was. But, you know, the Celtics, uh, this is really their fault because they should have just sat Gordon Hayward in the game early on to make sure he was healthy later on in the season. I don't know what they were thinking playing him in game one. Well, what's up with that? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with the Warriors. I don't know why they're playing Draymond in the first game. Why is Kevin Durant uh, You really need to be thinking about... Yeah, you need to be thinking about later in the season. Nobody cares about this opening night. Uh, you have to think later in the season when you're trying to make that championship run, and now you may have just ruined your legitimate chances of hope. Look for more prominent NBA stars to bench themselves this this year and further hopes of making a deeper playoff run because the top tier of the NBA compared to the bottom tier is such a drastic change. Yeah, I don't understand why... Uh, all-star players are even playing right now, you know. If their teams are just going to get there anyway, we might as well just sit them all and wait till the postseason. We should just start in the postseason, I think, uh, do two postseasons a year instead of one regular season and one postseason, and it'll be more fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, that's enough of that bullshit. We'll move on. Um, I did have a quick thing, though. I think the NBA needs an expansion. Just a quick little caveat here. I think the NBA needs to expand. I think we need another team in Seattle. I think we need a team in Las Vegas. Now there's a hockey team and going to be a football team. No, we don't need anything in St. Louis. But we you don't want to do you don't want to the St. Uh, Louis we'll fuck call ourselves the Archers versus the Bulls. The St. Louis Archers would actually be a sick logo and like team and like probably color scheme too. Um, and that'd be a fun you know it'd be fun. The Bulls are ass. That reminds me, we didn't talk about Bobby Portis and uh, Nikolai Miritich getting into a fight during practice and Bobby Portis uh, one-shotting Miritich in the face and breaking his uh, like face, like breaking his cheekbone. They got no fight in practice. Most people are out there are talking how this is like a terrible move for the Bulls. You know, they need to get their shit together. Need to, they need to bench Bobby Portis. They need to suspend him for more games. He needs to be disciplined. All this stuff can't have that kind of stuff in the locker room. But I think this is fucking amazing because Nikolai Miritich sucks ass, and I didn't want him starting anyway. So now he's out four to six weeks, thank the fucking God. And Bobby Portis only gets an eight-game suspension, which I think is ridiculous that you're suspending a grown man for defending himself in the first place. But now he gets to play, and I think he's better than Miritich anyway. So who are we kidding here? Look, look, I think this is actually a very bad thing. Why do this internally when you could knock somebody out on the court and be way cooler? Why, Why... Uh, bring the locker room talk and just bring it onto the field here. Just go out there and take out somebody big and go out swinging. I mean, I'm sure these guys got tired of practicing against each other and that sort of thing, and that's why this happened. But, look, you got to take that anger out on the court and make the NBA more exciting again by just destroying somebody on the court instead of maybe on your own team. I think it's more of a personal vengeance because Nikolai Miritich is a piece of shit. But we'll move on. And that... You know, that's all we're going to talk about the NBA for now. There's a lot to happen in this upcoming season and a lot of stuff everyone's going to be wondering. Uh, we'll, we'll catch on that in a couple of weeks. I want to talk back to football. We're start with college, though. We do have actual good games this week. I think we should do a pick six. Yeah, I think so, too. And that brings us to our first game, USC at Notre Dame. This is a game that happens every year seems to be kind of a fake rivalry because they're across country and nobody really gives a shit in, in L.A., but who do you got in this game? So being from a suburb of Chicago, not a lot of people were fans of the University of Illinois football. 
I've never been a fan of Illinois football. There are no in-state schools where I just automatically like claim like allegiance to where people in Michigan are like, oh, I love, you, you know, go blue or uh, go green Michigan State like or Alabama or anything like that. And there are always those fucking douchebags in your high school who are walking around with a fucking Notre Dame sweatshirt on every day. Like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm a huge fucking Notre Dame fan. Like, I it, it pissed me off. And I've always hated Notre Dame because of it, because they're not they were never in a fucking conference. They had all these random fans at my high school, even though they were three hours away. And it was just stupid. So I will be picking USC over Notre Dame strictly because I do not like Notre Dame. And because I think Sam Darnold is actually pretty fucking tight. And I was actually at USC. Uh, like, what is that? I was at USC a week and a half ago. Two, I was at USC two weekends ago. And that place is pretty fucking tight. And uh, I, got, I got my faith in Sam Darnold to pull this one out. Yeah, I am going to agree with you. For some reason, I fucking hate Notre Dame. I don't know what it is. I think it's the, the passionate fans or they're always so overrated. It doesn't make any sense to me that people hold them to such a high standard, and then they always just end up getting destroyed, and it's never really that close. And so whenever I see Notre Dame in the top 15, I think they're a fake-ass team. So I'm choosing USC here because I think that they're probably a way better team. Notre Dame, I don't know, they just always seem fake every year, and they they never really pull off these big wins. It's been a really long time since they've been really good since – What's his name in the fucking movie? Uh, I can't. What's the, what's the movie? Rudy. Rudy. They haven't been good since. Oh my Rudy. fucking god! <laughs> since Rudy. So, yeah, I think it's a real yeah. thing though. I think it's a real thing that uh, Notre Dame used to be really good. Like I don't know, eighties, nineties, whenever the fuck it was. Before I was born, before I paid attention to football, Notre Dame was apparently good, and everyone and their fucking mom clings onto that past and I've never seen them be good in my lifetime. So I just am pissed that they're overrated constantly. And that's a real thing because I always hated Nebraska and Oklahoma too, because people were always like, Oh, they're so good. And then they were never fucking good. Now I, now I like, I like Oklahoma more because they actually are like decent. And I, you know, we were in the big 12 with them. So I like Oklahoma more, but Notre Dame has not been good in our lifetime. And I think it's ridiculous that people still think they're the same team that they used to be when, I don't know who they have, Joe Paterno or Yeah, Rudy. Know. Yeah, Rudy. Then they had Rudy. So we're gonna move on from that game because I'm already getting mad and I don't yeah. want to keep getting more mad. I actually think but, that Yeah. I actually think that our generation will do the same thing with Alabama in maybe twenty years. Um yeah. maybe you think they will happen with Anna, oh, Alabama. Yeah. And we'll always think Alabama's the big football school program that was always really good. And so maybe in like twenty years Alabama will be held to the same standard. But either way, let's move on because we both hate Notre Dame. I don't know yeah. what it is, but everybody just holds them to such a high standard. It pisses me off. Yeah, we're going with Michigan, number 19 Michigan at number two Penn State for the second game. So we're getting a little Big Ten action here with Harbaugh uh, and the Big Blue again, and the Wolverines against Penn State. At uh, Penn State rank number two is really suspect to me because, yeah, they've got Saquon Barkley and he's fucking great, but – I haven't seen a lot out of them, and I haven't actually seen a lot out of Michigan either because they lost Michigan State, and they let me down a little bit. So this game could go either way. I'm going to pick Michigan. I'm going to think Harbaugh is going to mentally take this one down, and it's a home game for Penn State, so it kind of looks like uh, like it's going to like lean their way. And you know, They're a team kind of like Notre Dame where they haven't been good in my lifetime. Everyone says they're supposed to be good. I'm just going to root against them for the hell of it and because uh, Harbaugh owns enough khakis to probably scare their entire team away. I'm going to go opposite here, and 
I'm going to choose Penn State solely for the reason that Michigan has played uh, all these really trash Big 12 or Big 10 teams, and they've held them to close scores. Even last week, coming off a loss to Michigan State at home, they played what was it, Indiana or Purdue or somebody, and they had to beat them in overtime. And that just doesn't look very good on their part after losing at home. So I think that I think this Michigan team is probably a little overrated. Uh, again, with the the Jim Harbaugh effect here, we we all think that he's a really good coach, which he is. But I just don't think this team is as good as we think it is. And I'm going to go with Penn State here because I think they're sort of the real deal, even though I don't think they're the number two team in the country. I think they'll probably end up losing to Ohio State or somebody bigger uh, in the Big Ten championship. Or I don't really know how the Big Ten works because nobody really knows. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with Penn State here. Yeah, Michigan's probably overrated, but I'm just going to go with this, keep some offsets. Maybe it'll bring our records closer together overall. That'll bring up an upset of the week. I'll let you do your upset first. Who do you got for your NCAA upset of the week in your third pick? I am going to choose number Holy 10. Holy fuck. Wilson Contreras what? just hit a goddamn bomb onto the scoreboard at Wrigley. So let's shout out to the Cubbies. Uh, but you can keep going. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, uh, I'm going to choose Texas over number 10, Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State's going into Texas here, and I think that's going to be a tougher game than they anticipate, even though Oklahoma State lost a, a big game early this season. Um, and teams like this usually don't win, lose twice, but we're talking about the Big 12, and usually all the Big 12 teams end up with two losses, or all the good Big 12 teams end up with two losses. And I think this is going to be Oklahoma State's second loss, taking him out of contention for uh, any type of bowl, BCS hopes or uh, not bull, not the bull, but the BCS hopes. So yeah, they're bullshit yeah, ass. Who do you have here? Yeah, yeah, Big Twelve is always weird. It's always a two-loss team. Maybe you'll get a one-loss Oklahoma coming out of there, but they're weird and they all beat each other up. I'm going to go a similar route. It's actually going to hit on a lot of topics today. It's going to talk about beating up inside the same conference. I'm going to go SEC. And it's also going to talk about how in a couple of years we might be talking about how the SEC was so good. But the SEC is bad this year, I think, other than maybe their top two or three teams, which makes me want to do Ole Miss over number 24 LSU. I think LSU isn't – LSU is not, not a real team. They're, they're not that good. Coach O is, is really not leading them the direction that they want to be going. And Ole Miss needs, uh, needs a win to kind of you know revitalize that team and get back to where they were. So I see Ole Miss taking advantage of LSU here. I think the game is at Ole Miss as well, which was great. And, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a strange week for upsets because I'm not even sure if that's like that big of an upset. But we're going to beat up the SEC today. That will lead us into the NFL picks, which we actually have some good games here as well compared to last week, which was another kind of mediocre week. But this week we have a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, and it is Atlanta at New England this time. So who do you got in this year's Super Bowl? So this year's Week 7 Super Bowl, I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think they have been playing below their ceiling so far. And with New England's just absolutely atrocious defense, I think Matt Ryan is a bounce-back player of the week. He's going to come through. there. He's going to throw for 400 yards. I think Atlanta's going to really try to, you know, take one back in Foxborough this year, which normally... 
the Patriots are so good on the road, but at home they've been, uh, you know, they've been good. Obviously, the fucking Patriots. I'm going to go with Atlanta though. I just have a gut feeling that they're going to bounce back and they're going to, you know, pick up some ground in the season. Who uh, are you feeling? I'm going with the opposite here. New England already lost at home this year, and so uh, it's very rare that they do that twice in a year. So Tom Brady coming back Fuck to yeah. Foxborough. Got another right. home run. Let's go. <laughs> you guys win. Shout to, shout to Baez. He was 0 for 20 on the fucking playoffs, and he just hit a home run. Yeah, we're up 2-0 in the bottom of the second. But keep going. All right. Yeah, I'm going to be choosing good old Tom Brady at home. Uh, the Falcons have been underrated this year, and I think that they're going to continue to struggle because they're not the same team as they were last year. Uh, they keep talking about how they have the fastest defense in the NFL, but I think that the the Patriots will pull one out at home. I think it'll be a really good game as well. Uh, look for the Falcons to blow another 28-3 lead. God damn it. Okay. Um, and now we're going to go to my favorite game of the entire year, every year, the Eagles versus the Redskins. I don't know why, but the NFC East just has the – I think the NFC East has the best rivalries of any division in football. I think the Redskins, the Eagles, and the Cowboys – just offer and the Giants, like just the four teams there, they always provide good games and there's always a lot of action. And obviously with the Eagles being good this year, Carson Wentz being decent, and then Kirk Cousins being obviously one of my favorite quarterbacks have been pretty consistent on that. That this is gonna be a fun game. You got you both got young quarterbacks, you got young teams. I think this is gonna be a really fun game to watch. And I am gonna pick the Eagles because I do think they are legit this year and are gonna win that NFC East and go a little bit further in the playoffs. But it could be close, and I think it's going to be a shootout and fun to watch either way. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a really good game here because both of these teams, I think that the Redskins are the second-best team in that division, and I think that the Eagles are the best team in that division. So we're kind of getting an early look at what the uh, two playoff teams might look like here. And then – Coming down to the uh, end of the division, I think that the Eagles and the Redskins are going to be at the top there, uh, competing for the number one spot in the in the playoffs there. But I'm actually going to go with the Redskins on the road here. I think that the Eagles have been playing really well, and they're just due for a bad week here. And I think that the Redskins might be able to come into Sunday night football here, and, or Monday night football actually, and pull off a, a big win. It's not a bad pick. I think it's going to be such a fun game to watch. Every year it's always good. And But, you know, I'm going to fly with the birds this week, you know. Um, that will move us into the final pick of the pick six. Probably need to stop saying move us into. I keep We all, we both keep saying that a lot, and it's probably getting a little redundant. But we're going to do an upset of the week in the NFL. I'll let you go first. Who do you think is going to upset who? I am going to be choosing the Chargers over the Broncos. And we all know that the Broncos gave the Char- or the Giants their first win last week, uh, which was a huge upset in a lot of people's minds because the, a lot of people think that the Broncos are a, a top-10 team in the NFL. And I think they have a really great defense, but their offense is really lacking. And so I think that the Chargers' offense will be able to keep them in this game. And I look for – a late quarter comeback for Phillip Rivers, as we say every week, is it's kind of a joke at this point with Phillip Rivers being down by a touchdown with like four or five minutes left. So I think that Phillip Rivers, he just has to pull one off sooner or later, and I think it'll be this week. 
I agree. No, I don't necessarily agree they're going to win. I think the Broncos are going to try to bounce back with this one. But I do agree that the Chargers and the Broncos normally always put up a good fight against each other. It's a weird little rivalry in their division they've got going on. A lot of good divisional games happening. And I do think it's a possibility. I'm going to take my upset, though, as another divisional game. Um, So the NFC East is my favorite division as far as competitiveness and rivalries go. But the AFC North is my second favorite. And I'm going to go with the Bengals over the Steelers. The Steelers have been very weird this year, losing to to like lackluster teams like the Bears and then beating the best team in the league like the Chiefs. So the Steelers are all over the place, and I think the Bengals are going to bounce back from a bye week. A.J. Green's been doing phenomenal. Andy Dalton's having a good year. I think the Bengals will sneak one by on the Steelers because the Steelers just really don't have their identity all there so far this year, losing to the Bears and the Jaguars. And, you know, this will be another, like, little trap game. So look for the Bengals to pick one up on this one as my last pick in the pick six. That puts my record after six weeks, 33 games, at 19 and 14, and your record at 13 and 20. So you're creeping back up there, getting closer to 500, you know, and uh, I'm I'm slipping a little bit. But we both were 2-1 and last week, which was nice. Hopefully this week... I can bounce up and just keep going, maybe double myself, and uh, you'll get a lot closer to 500 because I think we're both picking really yeah. good all the way around. Yeah, we actually have six games to choose from this week instead of three, uh, and last week we both picked very similarly, and I think we both got our, what was it, upset wrong. So I think that I, I don't I don't really know who won what games last week, but I, I think that since last week it was only three games, I think that, yeah, I mean, we have six games to choose from, and we'll both be able to try and creep closer this week. And then uh, there was a thing that released today about the NHL proposing an idea of changing their playoff format, where if you get the number one seed, you get to pick your opponent in the first round. Oh, that's fucking dope. I know, right? That's fucking tight. Could you imagine someone, like a team, just being like, 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 imagine the Cavs, like, in the first round. Just be like, we'll take the fucking Celtics in the first round. Come on. Like, yeah. let's do this. Just, like, get like, them let's out get of the this way shit first. over with now. Like, that'd be so cool. <laughs> that'd be a power move. But, you know, they're all going to be pussies and choose the worst team. Yeah, of course. They're trying to fucking win shit. But it'd just be, it'd be so cool. And, you know, maybe the guy who got the eighth seed is, like, a really, like, up-and-coming team. So you take the seventh seed. It's just, it's just you know, adds a little dynamic to it. Uh, I think it's fucking awesome. I mean, I think it like literally is like one of the coolest things anyone's come up with in a while because it, it really could showcase rivalries. Because I know it's the NHL, so it's not going to be as exciting. But like the Blackhawks already play like the Predators and the Blues and shit in the wild, like in the first round every year anyway. So it'd be cooler just to yeah, like, Yeah, that's just you know, how their system is set up. Yeah, it's just how the, the system's already set up to kind of produce rivalries. But I guess now it gives like that number one overall team a little bit uh, more like leeway because I don't think the Blackhawks would have wanted to play the Predators last year. But either way, well, first fine. of all, I think that it'd be a huge power move if the Penguins were just like, "Yeah, I'm fucking taking the Caps right now, and we're knocking them out. I don't give a shit if we lose now, but we're probably gonna have to play them later on. So let's let's take them on first round, and then we'll have some better matchups that we can take later on instead of choosing a team that we think we can beat first just to try and get a slight momentum. I think having that huge hype at the beginning could give you a lot of momentum. Yeah, I think it would too, especially since the Capitals and everyone else in the fucking Washington, D.C. area doesn't know how to fucking win a playoff game to save their lives. But yeah. it's insane. Uh, 
Rapid fire, what do you think about the Yankees being up 3-2 on the Astros now? Three games in a row. They cannot lose at home. Well, I actually don't know what to think about this because the last playoff series was a five-game series and the same thing happened. Will the Yankees know how to close out a seven-game series? It's a mystery to me because they obviously know how to close out a five-game series by losing the first two games, but will they be able to do the same thing with a seven-game series? I guess we'll have to find out, but that's, that's kind of my take is we saw them in the five-game series. Now they're up 3-2, but are they going to act like they've already won the series because they've already done this before? So are they going to come out in game six and be lackadaisical? Yeah, I really hope that they keep their foot on the gas for game six because obviously I'm hoping for the Cubs to pull this one out and win four straight, but that's looking rather, you know, not possible. So the ideal series is the Astros versus the Dodgers. That'd be the most fun for all of us as fans to watch. But if the Cubs are going to be able to go, I'd rather play the Yankees because, you know, they're just not as good. So it's a strange dynamic going on. I actually disagree. I think the Yankees are a much more fun team to watch because their fans are savages. Uh, I think we all forgot how much savage their fans were because Twitter wasn't as prominent when the last time they won the World Series. And now all these videos are coming out with how fucking crazy they are compared to the Astros fans. And they're a little bit of a younger team. And so I think that this is a, a more fun team to watch compared to the Astros. And I, I I'd admit that the, the Cubs are a more fun team to watch than the Dodgers. So I think that that rivalry would be a, a good one. But I think that the, the Dodgers will pull that one out, sadly, for you, but happy for me. Okay. Um, next topic. <laughs> uh, last night on a British TV show, the world's strongest man, Eddie Hall, folded a metal frying pan in half. That's fucking ridiculous. This man literally so just that, took a frying pan and folded it in half. So that was on a TV show that was fake, or was it an actual No, it's show? it's real. I, I looked at it. Uh, he's, like, been known to, like, do shit like that. Like, uh, like he's done it before, and that's well, why they showcased it. My first take on this would just be expect every strongest man in the world to be able to do this, but I might yeah. be wrong about that. Well, I mean, if so you're going to say you're the I strongest mean, person in the world. It's just an average day, really. It's just his yeah. average day. Uh, no big deal here. Yeah, just another just another breakfast where his eggs didn't cook properly, so he had to fold the frying pan. Um, yeah, I do that daily too as well. What was your gut reaction to Gordon Hayward's injury? Well, I don't think that I can say it for myself, but all you have to do is go look at the Cavs bench and how they reacted, and that's really everybody's gut feeling is just to look at it for a slight second be disgusted, run away, and then go back to Twitter later to find out and watch the video in slow motion 500 times over. It was it was so gross. Um, I mean, I'm not, like, grossed out by it. Like, I wasn't, like, actually sick or had to turn my face or anything. But it just I feel so bad for anyone that that happens to. His foot was turned the complete wrong direction. It's just that's, like, as bad as it yeah, gets. I, I always feel like that nobody could ever come back from that, but obviously Paul George did, so it's possible but I feel like if my leg ever turned that way, I'd just be crippled for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. It was fucking, uh, it was just something that I don't think I'd ever come back from. Okay, one more, <laughs> one more on uh, Jeopardy today. So I might be one of the only 22-year-olds in the world that consistently watches Jeopardy every day because uh, I'm in between jobs, uh, as I'm going to say it, and because I've got nothing else to do and my parents still have cable. So, 
I watch Jeopardy a lot. And today on the final question, all three of them got it wrong. But and they all risked it, risked all their money, except for one guy who left himself with a dollar, and he won with a dollar. He had one dollar, and the other two had zero. And like, this isn't the Price Is Right where everyone's throwing a dollar out there, like it's the fucking like meme of the century. This is the first time it's ever happened on Jeopardy where the guy won with a dollar. I think this is a power move by all the other contestants to bet all their money so that the worst one there could potentially win. I think that's just a huge power move on their part that they think that they were so much better than them that that than the one dollar guy that they just ended up losing all their money. I think it's awesome. I think you always gotta you know do the true daily double and bet it all. Okay, final one. Neither of us are gonna understand this at all because uh, I don't think either of us even know who this person is. But I want to take a couple seconds to pretend that we know who this guy is and give our condolences for Toronto Maple Leafs legend Gord ha- Gord Downey. Uh, because apparently he's like a really big so- uh, hockey star that died. And uh, just give me like 15, 20 seconds of you giving your condolences and a fake eulogy for this guy. Real quick, go. Uh, first of all, uh, to all the people in Toronto, RAP and Peace, uh, one of the best hockey players to ever go through Toronto. Uh, he was probably very cold all the time, uh, but that didn't stop him from balling out on the ice. R.I.P. in peace. Okay, yeah. So it turns out this guy's actually a musician and not a hockey player at all. But I'm going to oh. stick with the same thing. I'm going to stick with the same thing. We're going to run with this. We're never wrong. Um, he, he, yeah, he, he had a way with the puck that no one else did, and he had a way with the guitar that apparently a lot of other people did also because I didn't hear of him. But rest in peace to Gord Downey, and, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to everyone out there in Canada and Toronto that's really hurting after uh, this loss. So move on from that incredibly terrible segment that I just did, probably ruining a man's legacy, and just move straight into our nerd of the week. I'm probably going to cut that. I don't even like what I just said. but <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was pretty good, what I said. He's it's a really good segment. All the time. I think that's a really good segment that I'm going to bring up a couple of times when an actual sports legend dies and not when like a musician dies and it just happens to be on the front page of Twitter that fucking the Toronto Maple Leafs pay tribute to Gord Downey. Hockey team honored the iconic musician. I was like, God, I fucking hate you guys. And they had a former player uh, sing one of his popular songs. I was like, God, I just, they fooled well, me. I mean, but the it's Cubs a good segment. did that as well. The Cubs did it as well. Okay, but for someone that everyone knew. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Nerd of the Week. I know you've got a really good one, and I've got one that uh, probably isn't as good, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Go ahead with yours. I'm going to be choosing mine as the guy who dressed up as Clay Thompson and who looked exactly like him. It has You have to be such a huge nerd to go out there and get the exact same haircut, the exact same facial hair, and every and even wear his like full jersey and everything to a basketball game just to, to look just like him and try and meet him. You can consider it a nerd move or a power move. I, I don't. It's more of a nerd move on my point, but either way, huge nerd there. I think in this guy's case, it's more of a power move because um, normally I would say anyone that wears a team's jersey with the matching shorts uh, out in public is an absolute nerd, just like the biggest nerd there can be. But I think this guy did it you know, all by design. He wanted to get noticed. He wanted to become fucking huge on the Internet. And he wanted people to think he was Clay Thompson. So, you know, props to this guy. Still a nerd. 
Um, I'm going to keep my nerd of the week in the NBA as well, and I'm going to go with something that probably not a lot of people saw because uh, he's washed up, but Dwight Howard uh, showed up to opening night for the Hornets wearing a Canadian tuxedo. And for our followers out there who are not Canadian, uh, and you'll know because you didn't have any clue who Gord Downey was earlier, um, he, a Canadian tuxedo is full denim. He wore a denim jacket with a denim shirt and denim pants because Dwight Howard fucking loves denim and he's a nerd for that. You're, yeah, you're he's a foot. rancher too. He's he a fucking like a rancher, ranch yeah. In Texas. Yeah, it's weird. I don't get it. Fucking nerd. You're on my fantasy team, but you're a nerd. Dwight Howard. <laughs> so yeah. Vote on Twitter. We got Dwight Howard's uh Canadian tuxedo versus fake Clay Thompson, uh who is actually, you know, kind of like a pudgy Clay Thompson, really. But We'll call him fake Clay Thompson and, you know, vote on that on Twitter. I'll throw a poll up and yeah, that's going to be our nerds of the week. Uh, wait, wait, uh, one more, one more thing before, before we leave here. Uh, I think we need to do a follow up from last week. Uh, who, who did you choose first in your NBA draft? Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. I'm not fucking answering that. I think Anthony Davis, um, no, nobody fucking cares. <laughs> I got it in there, though. I got it in there, though, so everyone out there no, 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 caring nobody, nobody still cares. Yeah, nobody okay, cares. this one you will care about, though. Guess what the name of my fantasy basketball team is. Yeah, uh, nobody fucking cares? Circle Dirk. Uh, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, ma- it's male masturbation jokes. Um, yeah, I tried to care, but I, I mean... Fuck you. Work. Okay, so... That's gonna be the end of that's gonna be the end of this week's episode. This is episode ten of Everyday Banter. We made it to ten uh, weeks. I think this will be the first episode I'm gonna throw this shit on Facebook, just because even if it is the one where we cussed by far the most. But yeah, oh, we might and, we uh, might uh, wait wait one second. Uh, just a, a, a clarification of what might be happening in the next couple of weeks. I might be gone for about four weeks and two weeks. So. Uh, in two weeks from now, I'll be gone for four weeks, but stupid. Uh, stupid. I'll be going on a, I'll be going on a trip. And yeah, Alex with is Alex little is to no communication. Puerto Rico to restore communications with Puerto Rico because he's just that much of a cool guy, and because our president wouldn't step up, so Alex has to. He's gonna be there for four weeks. The podcast yeah. will go on. The podcast will go on. If Alex has reception, we're having him on. If he is completely out of the loop, I'm going to be bringing on a couple of guests with me each week. It's going to be really interesting. Hopefully, you'll get to hear some opinions of other people. And, you know, I'm just really hoping they'll be able to bring more fans in because that's really all I'm caring about at this point. Yeah, look for me and crowds of Puerto Ricans to be shooting paper towels just like President Trump. Uh, So look for me to be a meme soon. (laughs) I will be looking out for it uh, every day. So... That's going to be the episode this week. Thanks for sticking with us for 10 weeks. Uh, even if you no one is real and we're just doing this for ourselves, that's okay. We're going to keep doing it. Thank you, Alex, for hating on my fantasy team this week. And I will uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out. Every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign. That I can understand Yes, I am So every day I spend my time Drinking wine, feeling fine Waiting here to find
the sign that I should take it slow. 